Welcome to the Mind Your Mind podcast. Brought to you by the Birkbeck Counselling Service. In this series of podcasts, we are looking at what different issues might bring students to the counselling service. We'll share our thinking about those difficulties, how to tackle them, and offer our insights and expertise. Before we start, a disclaimer. The students that we talk about in these podcasts are fictitious. Any similarity to any particular person is entirely coincidental. My name is Jo Middleton. I'm a counsellor at Birkbeck, and I'm talking to my colleague in the counselling service, Hanukkah Kosterink. Joining us is Naureen Abubakar, who is a widening access officer at Birkbeck and who coordinates the Compass Project, a scholarship programme for refugees and forced migrants. This is episode three, self-esteem and taking up your place in university. So the client we are discussing today is a male student in his 40s who is a refugee to the UK. He presents at the service experiencing feelings of low self-worth and a crippling fear of failing. He's on his second year of his degree and is still finding it hard to establish himself at university, has a strong sense of being an imposter and not belonging either in the UK or at Birkbeck. His living situation is precarious. He's in temporary accommodation and has moved several times during his degree so far. He was wary of coming to the counselling service as he feels that soul searching would be too destabilising. However, he recognises that he does need support. The student has had experience of studying in his home country, but wasn't able to complete those studies as he had to leave. He hasn't made friends on the course, nor has he any family in London. He's invested a great deal in his degree and feels his future career prospects and those of his family overseas depend on this going well. When he is able to concentrate on his studies, he attains well, but often he finds himself unable to work because of feeling overwhelmed by worry and a sort of script along the lines of, you're never going to pass, you're never going to succeed, you don't belong here, you don't deserve your place in the university, which is distracting and discouraging. My first response is, poor guy. Sounds mm. like he's dealing with an awful lot, actually. A lot of mm. history, a lot of, mm. and a lot going on in the present. What, what a survivor. You know, mm. he's got this far, no support structure, he's been moving around, no stable base, and yet he's managed to get through his first year and is producing work. And it can be really difficult to understand what to prioritise when you're at university and so many things are going on in your home life that actually when university is seen as the thing that is a priority for you, you don't recognise that actually sometimes you need to be, put a bit of a stop to it or pause or reflect, especially when other things in your private life are taking up a lot of your time. And I can imagine how that feeds into anxiety and worry more so. You still want to have the ball on your studies, mm-hmm. but something's come into your life where you're just like, okay, well, how do I keep all this up at the same yes. time? I suppose one of the things I was thinking about was the fear of being destabilised by coming to counselling or by seeking support and by opening up a bit and that he's sort of survived this far because he's sort of kept it all repressed, he's kept a lid on everything. But actually, you know, he also recognises he needs support. And I think that's one of the difficulties for anyone in a supporting role is how much you open up and how much you you don't. And actually, in a sense, what I think he's asking for help with is how to keep going Mm. rather than how to go delving into the past, what he's been through. Mm. Certainly in a university counselling service, Hanukkah, I mean, you and I would be 
keeping that firmly in mind, wouldn't we? I, th- I think that's a really important point. I mean, we're only able to offer up to six sessions in total within the uh, the counselling service. And I think our client here is flagging up something important there, that he has a sense maybe, I mean, as a refugee, he may well have been through various traumas. He may have witnessed very traumatic uh, things back home. So it's amazing that he's able to ask for help because that's not an easy thing to do but also I'm also aware that we would need to be careful that Mm. we might not want to maybe explore too much of what's happened in the past and like you say Mm. Joe you know he's actually making it clear that he wants help with progressing and I think that's also a cultural thing potentially as well Narine that you know this culture of sort of keep going keep moving forward and I think particularly in refugee communities there is a sense of you know it's difficult to trust definitely if you think about the journey that many refugees take it has meant to be keep going and just get by and do to get to where you need to and get to safety for a lot of them and not necessarily having time to reflect and then all those things come out of time but you've been taught to just keep going for a number of people that actually then mean having the, having to actually ask for help or get support can seem a bit soul-searching for some people and I talking on a personal level culturally for me seeking counselling was it was quite a difficult thing and I remember when the first time it, that I had counselling I did find it quite soul-searching and it was quite different for someone who comes from a culture that's very no, no just just get your head down things happen in life this is what you need to do to then all of a sudden be like oh I need to speak to someone and it can seem that way but I think it is about recognizing those cultural differences and I think as a university that's quite diverse that we work with students that have such diverse experience that come from diverse backgrounds our counseling team are aware of that and I think it is feeling confident and kind of recognizing that that this is a space that allows for that and those differences in experiences as well yeah and also being aware that students like the one we're discussing may well be wondering will will my counselor understand me you know we're we're, we're very different you know we may come from very different cultures will they be able to empathize you know with what I've been through and what I'm uh, what I'm going through I'm also aware that we're three women talking about a male student here and there's gender difference and and how society is perceived to view men that can be quite a lot to overcome a sense of exposure or exposing your vulnerabilities Mm. if you're a man and also you've got to remember a lot of these individuals who come from a refugee background had gone through the asylum process prior to that which culturally your perception of what it means to be a man sometimes in that space can completely be affected and I think it is about then okay well that's happened. I'm now bringing myself back. I've got status. Things are changing. But those experiences stay with you. And that can change the way that you perceive yeah, and how you access support and services around you that are designed to help you. But maybe you're a bit resilient to it because of prior experience. I mean, I suppose there are specific organisations, aren't there, that offer specific support to people in his position. So the Refugee Council who can offer sure, sort of yeah. specific advice his accommodation sounds pretty precarious and you know that's incredibly difficult when you're trying to keep up with your studies to be living in any sort of situation of precarity is is really really Mm. tough I think the thing to note there as well is actually one of the great things about Birkbeck at the moment is through the work that we've done with the Compass Project is we are becoming so much more aware of the challenges that forced migrants generally have when specifically accessing university but what happens when they come to university as well and the difficulties that they 
they face. And I think it is about highlighting that as a university, we are learning about how we can support forced migrants who are starting and studying at Birkbeck and that there is support out there. Because often it is, you know, you come to a space where you maybe don't see that you can relate to other people because they don't necessarily have the shared experience. And so you don't know who to turn to. What I hope people will realise is that at Birkbeck, turn to someone because they'll be able to signpost you to the right person or give you the right guidance. And we have connections externally as well. And there are some less formal services as well. So a relatively new introduction at Birkbeck has been Birkbeck Chat, for example, which is a peer support network for particularly first year students who are buddied up with students in their second or third year, which any student can apply to be part of. That can be particularly helpful, I think. Yeah, and I think especially in that first term, I know the student specifically has gone into his second term, but you do think actually if some of these things had been dealt with in the first term, maybe his experience going into second term might not be as difficult. But it is using those services like those programmes like BBK Chat that allows you to meet with other students. And it's a great, I mean, he mentions here he hasn't been able to make friends. And it is difficult sometimes, especially in the nature of Birkbeck and the way that we're structured. There's people who come here for different reasons and it can be very difficult to formulate those friendships, different to maybe what you would do in a more traditional university. And that's why things like BBK Chat exists, is so that we can link you up with other people that you can relate to and, and have these difficult conversations that maybe it's quite difficult to have with an academic. I think also if you're quite isolated and you haven't really formed relationships with your peers it's very difficult to assess the sort of reality of other students experiences so you can feel very on your own with your own low self-esteem you can feel like you're failing feel like you're not worthy of your place all of those things that you described Hanukkah and the student the imposter syndrome as well which I think is sort of evident in that presentation and unless you're checking that sort of thing out with other people a bit do you ever feel like this? It can be such a comfort to know that other people feel the same. Yes, I, th- I think that would be hugely valuable to uh, this particular student to, to have that sense of I'm not the only one. You know, this is something that we encounter very regularly in mm. counselling service, and we can probably all relate to uh, to some extent. And I think that's what I would be very uh, keen to try and help him affirm. You know, he does have a place here. He is coping with very difficult circumstances and that he has a right to fully take his place here. I think sometimes with students that I see who struggle with self-esteem often is related to perfectionism as well that they have a sort of ideal a, a sense of what it means to be the perfect student and they're not matching that ideal and actually reminding them that they're here to learn they're here to try you know I find myself telling students that the French for to try is essay that's where essay comes from it's not meant to be a perfect offering mm-hmm. it is an attempt it's an interesting um, one also positioning yourself as a student is so important mm-hmm. you're not expected to know it all and also also the fact that he hasn't it sounds like he doesn't have many people around him that he can turn to and if he is turning to people and they're in the community they may not be in higher education or had experience of what it is to study in the UK so you're doing this all in your head so that all the, all this thinking is taking place on your own in isolation and actually speaking to someone can be the first thing to kind of recognize like okay what's the next step that I now need to take in order to do that and to ask for support that's a strength really mm-hmm. and not a weakness that's our job and and not to feel reluctant to to tap into that i think also culturally authority here well it ain't perfect but it's probably rather more benign than in mm. some of the countries that 
students such as this one have come from yeah. and so actually going to seek support from a tutor is really quite normal and everyday here mm. in a way that it might not be elsewhere. It is very easy especially when you don't know when you're new to a situation to compare yourself to your peers and not recognize the different stories that you're all coming into a space with and I think yeah where you're not talking that again you've created that comparison why is so-and-so doing so much better why have they got a job and I've not got a job or what's happening and I think again that can be quite detrimental to you seeing your self-esteem and, and your position within the university what I always say to students just remember where you're coming from and remember the experiences you've had are so different from other people in your classroom um, but it is creating that dialogue isn't it about about thinking about that I think that's so right because it's something about evidence as well because if you're not speaking to people you're making up what their experience is yeah. you don't know so it can be very easy to think well everyone else has got it easy or everyone else is absolutely flying or whatever I'm the only one struggling it's unlikely to be true <laughs> yeah. absolutely so with self-esteem, which is a difficult thing to work with, particularly in short-term work, but there are various things that you can start noticing about how you respond to situations, how you think, and that you might start attempting to counter in yourself a little bit. So, you know, you've just mentioned comparing yourself to other people, Nareen, and when you catch yourself doing that, notice that you're doing it. Why am I doing this? What is the evidence that I've got for thinking this? And is that comparison automatically putting myself down by, by comparing myself to this other person? And getting into a sort of habit about being positive about yourself to yourself is really valuable, I'd say. <laughs> and use any ammunition you get with that, accept compliments, actually absorb them. Spend time with positive people who support you, who are interested in you, and who acknowledge the positive things about you sort of hand in hand with that I'd say being assertive not allowing people to treat you without respect and I think quite importantly as well I'd say sort of keeping your promises to others but also to yourself when you say you're going to do something so try and stick to that try and fulfill that with yourself don't be flaky with yourself because it's quite easy to let yourself down and then that continues into a spiral of feeling like you're letting everyone down sounds like good advice <laughs> So, Nari, Hanukkah, thank you so much for joining me today. It feels like we've gone around many houses here, really, haven't we? This particular student has taken us to quite a lot of different places, but, but you know, we've particularly touched on imposter syndrome, um, boosting self-esteem, mm -hmm. sort of understanding that you deserve your place yeah. if you have got it at Birkbeck. Yeah. They're not just handed out like sweets. So. Mm -hmm. My sense is this will be meaningful for many more students um, other than just this particular one, that uh, this taps into a lot of students' experience at university. So thank you very much for your contribution. Pleasure. You're welcome. Thank you for listening to the Mind Your Mind podcast, brought to you by the Birkbeck Counselling Service and Racket Productions. <laughs>